brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to LSU Daily with Matt Moscona. Your home for all the latest Tiger news. Part of the Guaranteed Podcast Network. Okay, let's get it. It is LSU Daily from Drop Biscuit Studios, a southern home for storytellers. Visit dropbiscuit.com. I'm Matt Moscona. Glad to have you aboard with us here. And as promised, uh, Brian Kelly did allow uh, the media to observe the entire practice on Thursday. The bulk of uh, today's show will be my notes, but we will also hear from Marcus Randall. Yes, that Marcus Randall, former LSU quarterback Marcus Randall, who's the head coach at Woodlawn High in Baton Rouge, and his starting quarterback, Ricky Collins, on Wednesday night, picked the LSU Tigers. So LSU's got its 2023 quarterback. We'll hear from Marcus Randall on that quarterback in just a moment. So uh, LSU practiced Thursday at the McClendon practice facility. It was supposed to be in Tiger Stadium, rained in Baton Rouge. They obviously didn't want to go screw up the turf in Tiger Stadium, so they went to the, uh, the practice facility outdoors. Let's just sort of empty the notebook, everything we were able to see. Uh, pretty unprecedented. First time in about a quarter century, LSU had an open practice that was entirely open to the media. Uh, we got in about 9.45, uh, pretty overcast. Rains came uh, late. They wrapped things up just before noon, and at which point we got to, um, uh, to chat with Brian Kelly. So about two hours out there watching uh, LSU practice. A lot of individual periods. It was not a scrimmage. Uh, individual periods, and they did team periods as well. We also got to watch some special teams. So we'll run through a lot of this here uh, to start the show, and it'll take a couple of segments, so we'll get to a lot of your uh, reaction as well. If you'd like to join, uh, feel free to do so. Um, first things first, let me not bury the lead. Uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, Brian Kelly. Give the, here was Brian Kelly giving an update on uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, who was limited today. Just had a, a grade one ankle, so just limited today, but he'll be back probably taking seven-on-seven reps either tomorrow or Saturday. So very, very little. He's done a really nice job. So he just came down very similar to when, you know, basketball player comes down on somebody else's foot, very similar situation. And, uh, you know, he's recovered quite nicely. So just a a minor uh, ankle situation for him. 
All right, so Brian Kelly giving an update on Garrett Nussmeyer. Basically, when they were doing just throwing drills, like standing still and throwing, Nussmeyer participated. When they did anything that required him to be on the move, he did not participate. He uh, just stood in the back, and Jaden Daniels primarily took the first-team reps, which is kind of what we've seen at this point. Um, uh, no Jack Besh. Uh, Chris Hilton showed up later in practice and just caught balls from the quarterbacks when it was quarterback-only drills. No Jordan Tolls. Derek Davis was also absent. Uh, it was interesting. It was very interesting to watch a full practice, to take a, a bunch of notes from practice, and then immediately after practice to go listen to Brian Kelly, hear what he had to say uh, about the things that we just saw and and observed and what our, our opinions were. Um, I, I thought about breaking this down offense, defense. Instead, what I'll do is kind of go through chronologically what, we'll, what we saw, and I'll make, um, I'll make some observations as such. Right when we walked in, the offense was inside, the defense was outside, and the defense was kind of doing a, a pursuit drill. So initially, we got to look at what would be, you would think, the first-team defense because you saw Ali Gay, you saw Mason Smith, Jaqueline Roy, and B.J. Ojolari on the line. Um, but that's where things get a little interesting because the first linebackers we saw it there were West Weeks and Greg Penn. The nickel was Greg Brooks. Your corners were Jark Bernard Converse and Colby Richardson, the transfer from McNeese, who got a lot of run today. And then your other safety was uh, was Major Burns. So there were I'm sorry, it was Major Burns and um, and uh, was and uh, Makai Garner was on the field as well in a nickel. So there were. Right off the bat, some very obvious observations there. Um, I'm going to come back to that because the thing that stood out most defensively is they are going to be multiple, not only with their looks, but with their personnel. Again, I'll get to that in just a quick second. Uh, when the offense came out, the quarterbacks were doing uh, target practice. Basically, there's a, they were around you know, maybe the 10 or 15-yard line, and there was a big target that they would put in the corner of the end zone, and the quarterbacks were essentially trying to hit the target. I mean, they were just throwing the ball at the target, you know, two, three shots at a time, and then, and then they would rotate. Um, the biggest observation from that, I think all of them look good. They were throwing against air, and if you're a college quarterback, you should be able to hit a target in the end zone. But um, Walker Howard, I think, was the biggest takeaway. If you put all four quarterbacks on the goal line and just had them throw the ball as far as they can, uh, Miles Brennan may have the, the best arm in that respect, but release, accuracy, zip, that's Walker Howard. Brian Kelly spoke about Walker Howard after practice today, and you could tell he's excited about him, and there's a lot of potential there just physically in his ability. So uh, that was cool to see. Uh, we saw the the wide receivers going through sort of a catch-through-contact drill where They'd have to, yeah, there were coaches with dummies that were hitting the receivers as they were trying to catch the ball and then had to make their way back. They're basically catching through contact. Um, and most notably, the order was Butte, um, Kyron Lacey, Jure Jenkins, Malik Neighbors, and Brian Thomas, then the walk ons. So, as we mentioned, no Besh, no Hilton at that point. And what stands out is obviously what we've talked about. You are. Top heavy at receiver. You had a lot of really talented guys there at the top. And you just, but you just don't have a lot of great depth at receiver. Um, but the guys we saw today, I thought looked, looked really, really good. Um, when they went to the team period, 
and I'll get into some specific plays and some guys that stood out. So they were still running individual. They go into a team offensive period, and this is where everybody was kind of taking a look at the offensive line, as you might expect. And the the offensive line we saw on Monday was the same offensive line we saw on uh, on Thursday. Garrett Dellinger was back at center. Will Campbell, Tremont Shorts was your left side. Your right guard was Miles Frazier, and your right tackle was Anthony Bradford. So the same line that we saw um, on, on Monday. What was a little bit interesting, Charles Turner did run as the second-team center, and the rest of the second-team offensive line was the same. So it was Doomerville at left tackle, uh, Emory Jones at left guard, Turner at center, yeah, tr- um, excuse me, uh, um, Cardell Thomas at right guard, and Cam Wire at right tackle. The two players that we saw cycle through were Marlon Martinez ran some with the twos at right guard, uh, interchanging with Cardell Thomas, and then at right tackle, it was Kimo Macaneoli uh, rotated with Cam Wire at second string right tackle with the twos. The, the team periods were interesting because we kind of got to see a little bit of a thud and it was, it was good on good. I mean, it was offense against defense, and they were in full pads. They were not tackling to the ground, but you got to see them run plays, and you got to see the defensive line get off against the offensive line, and you got to see the quarterback elude pressure and make throws under under distress. Now, they weren't, you know, there was no contact, uh, no, no tackling, I should say. They weren't hitting the quarterbacks, but a couple of things. Um, running backs, John Emery, um, Noah Kane. Josh Williams and Armani Goodwin, that was the order, and they all rotated fluidly, like all got reps with the ones and the twos. I mean, they that was the order, but they just kept going no matter what line was out there. Same with the quarterbacks. When they went to team, Nussmeyer uh, stepped back and did not participate, but Daniels, Brennan, then Howard took reps, and then it was just they, they went and repped it that way. The offense, I think, uh, there was a couple of plays that, that stood out. Um, one of them was a beautiful, probably the play of the day was a beautiful touchdown pass that Miles Brennan threw to Brian Thomas. Uh, it was down the right sideline. Brennan took the snap. Uh, he he had a clean pocket and lofted a ball down the right sideline uh, to Brian Thomas, who absolutely dusted. Poor guy. It was uh, it was the freshman. It was Jalen Davis uh, Robinson, who's the freshman cornerback out of Texas, 5'11", 185. Um that was and that was the play of the day. The line held. Uh, Miles threw a beautiful ball down the right sideline, and Brian Thomas had his guy beat by three steps and, and took it into the end zone. Uh, that was a gorgeous play. It was interesting to listen to Brian Kelly after practice talk about Brian Thomas as well. Uh, this was interesting because you see the ability there, but Brian Kelly is pretty candid. We're learning in the way that he's addressing the things that his players need to work on. He'll be a contributor. He needs to be a key contributor. There's a difference between a contributor and a key contributor in the sense that, as I look at it, the consistency of performance has to be such that he can step in and be a starter for us. I think at times, you know, he still thinks he's a freshman, and he's not anymore. And we need to for him to understand that it's time for him to go in there and think like a starter. And, and that's maturation, and he's getting there. We like his work ethic. He's very, very strong. He's actually, you know, when we look at our numbers um, in terms of strength in the weight room, he's one of our strongest players. It's amazing what his raw physical ability is. Sometimes this is just a matter of maturation and coming along and actually probably making a play or two in an SEC game. And once he does that, I think you'll see this continue to grow. So... 
that was probably the play of the day offensively. I'll tell you two others. One, uh, Walker Howard was in at quarterback, but the play, it was it was a block from Emory Jones. Uh, Emory Jones was at left guard running with the twos, and he was up against Jacoby and Guillory. Walker Howard was at quarterback, and this was a design quarterback run. It was snap and roll left. Uh, and there was two tight ends to the left side as well. So they started to the right. Two tight ends moved to the left side. So you were heavy to the left side. And Emory Jones pancaked Jacoby and Guillory. I mean, it was like, oh, okay. I mean, the whole place kind of went, you know, screamed and, and kind of oohed at that. Uh, Emory Jones also was on the first, first team with the punt unit as a protector. So it's very clear Emory Jones is going to play. He is not going to redshirt. He has got a role on this team. I'm not telling you to be as a starter, but... They like him. He is physical enough, and he is going to play. Um, there's the If you're watching, that's the block where Emory Jones pancaked uh, Jacoby and Guillory. It was a massively impressive play. And the third, I will tell you, was a was an individual play by Jaden Daniels. Uh, Garrett Dellinger did, did really well with the snap, uh, except on one play when it started to rain. Brian Kelly kind of made a joke about that in his post-practice uh, press conference. But Miles Brent, or excuse me, it was, uh, was Jaden Daniels did a really good job. It was a, it was a, a low, wide snap. Daniels reacted, tipped it to himself. The rush was coming. He eluded the rush, rolled right, and threw a ball over the corner to um, it was it was Kyron Lacy on the sideline who was slanting toward the sideline. It was a beautiful play, and it's actually very. It, it is descriptive of how and why you're going to see. Um, why you're you're going to see Jaden Daniels pop? Why he's he has a skill set to do what they want? He can elude the rush. There was a beautiful play where Jaden Daniels, when the pocket broke down, broke around the right end and ran for about 15 yards. That's the dynamic that he brings to this offense, and it's pretty clear that's the dynamic this coaching staff wants. So it, it was very interesting seeing that dynamic. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want to talk a little bit more about about the defense, and in particular, what I kind of described as what felt at times like a turnstile. And maybe this was intentional. Maybe it's they are just throwing a lot at a lot of different guys to see who stands out and who rises. Um, or maybe they legitimately plan on using all of these guys. I mentioned when we first walked out and they were doing a pursuit drill, your two linebackers were Greg Penn and West Weeks. Now, when they went to team... And it was ones on ones. Your first defense looked like this: you had Ali Gay at one end. Your interior linemen were Jaqueline Roy and Mason Smith, as we know. B.J. Ojolari is not playing defensive end; he's playing the Jack linebacker position. Brian Kelly talked about that. You'll hear that in a second. The only stand-up inside backer that was on the field when they went first-team defense was Mike Jones. So you had Mike Jones and then B.J. Ojolari, but Ojolari was playing the Jack position on the end. Your outside cornerbacks were Jark Bernard Converse and Makai Gardner, so two transfers. The nickel back was Greg Brooks. And then your safeties were Jay Ward and Major Burns. That was your first team defense. 
it felt like literally every play, one of those guys rotated out and somebody somebody or some bodies knew were on the field. We saw, um, we obviously saw a ton of rotation at linebacker with the two guys I previous mentioned. Uh, you had Micah Baskerville rotate in there as well. We're going to have to get used to Desmond Little, who's wearing number eight when B.J. Ojolari got 18. Uh, Liz Little's wearing eight, who Kelly talked about. You hear that in just a quick uh, second as well. Uh, we saw uh, Joe Fouché playing deep safety. We also saw him playing box safety. We saw LaTerrence Welch run with the second unit. We saw um, Sage Ryan run first and second team. It, they had so many guys in the secondary, really at the second and third levels, both at linebacker and in the secondary, rotating so fluidly that it was it was almost impossible to keep up with who was actually in what unit. It wasn't like, okay, first team, you're up. Okay, second team, you're up. It was, aside from your defensive line, where there is very clearly a, a first unit that's going to be out there, everything else felt very fluid. Let's start with what Brian Kelly said about the linebackers. And, and by the way, I want to phrase the, the way this question was asked, um, and it was Leah Van from The Advocate who said, look, it seems like your first few guys at linebacker said, and she mentioned Mike Jones and Greg Penn, and I believe West Weeks was the other that she mentioned. And Brian Kelly actually kind of di disagreed. And based on what I saw, I, I think Brian Kelly is, is right. They have a lot of guys they're counting on right now. Obviously, uh, Harold Perkins can bring to that group. You know, we've seen some, you know, obviously Weeks is, is part of that. You know, you mentioned Penn. You know, I, I think that that group continues to show, you know, some depth there that, wasn't there early on and maybe wasn't there even in the spring so I know when talking to Matt just the other day he's very encouraged with the depth we really like what Micah's doing too Micah Baskerville I know you didn't see him a lot today but he's he's going to be somebody that that helps us this year as well and and really like his football IQ and his smarts so I think when you when you finish you know, evaluating the linebacker position. I think there's six guys there, a minimum, that, that can play winning football for us. It's interesting that he kind of had to prop up Baskerville at the end. Um, we know Micah Baskerville can play. For whatever reason, he has not emerged in this defense. And I don't know if, that, if that's a timing thing, if it's a skill set thing, whatever it may be. But very, it is very clear B.J. Ojolari is going to be your starter at that jack position, and Mike Jones is going to have the inside spot, and they are going to rotate a lot of guys. And I, I believe him when he says they have six guys they feel like can play winning football because we saw all of those guys taking reps with uh, behind that first line earlier today. Now, the other thing about the defensive line is, and this is where Brian Kelly talks about, about Desmond Little. This is, uh, this is number 12. Because so Little um, came in as a linebacker, but the the way that they are structuring this defensive front, they're moving parts. I mentioned Ojolari's playing the jack position, and that's actually allowed them some depth, as you'll hear Brian Kelly say. I think there was a, a little bit of concern on the edge. I think we felt really good about the defensive tackle position and the big end position, you know, starting with Roy and Smith, you know, obviously feeling really good there. And and then you know building out with Ali Gay, you know that that right there is a very formidable group. 
you know, BJ, you know, playing the jack position. We wanted a little bit more flexibility, and, and Desmond Little has, has had a really good camp for us. And that, that's given us, you know, a big lift because we, we were considering maybe that we would have to, you know, look at maybe Ali Gay playing, you know, both positions and giving us a little bit more. But I think with Desmond playing really well at that jack position, it allows us to solidify that group. Now it's just a matter of continuing to build the depth. So they're not a 4-3. This is, this is not going to be a 4-3 defense with two tackles, two ends with their hands in the dirt, and linebackers behind it. That, that much is abundantly clear. He told you, the he said, the big end spot, and that holds because when the second unit ran out there, you saw uh, Jacoby and Guillory and Makai Wingo as your, as your tackles, and the big end, you saw Savion Jones run out there as well. I mean, and whoever was that, that jack position, Desmond Little, so... You you kind of got to look at what they're thinking about their what their front is going to look like, but they ran a lot of nickel and dime. So sometimes you have like one true linebacker on the field. Sometimes it was two. So that was maybe the big the big takeaway. Desmond Little stock rising because uh, that's a name got to get to know because of what they are specifically wanting their defensive front to look like and the skill set of the guys they plan to use. So get to know that name. Um, and then there's the secondary, where we all know Stingley, Ricks, McLaughlin, Flott, all gone. I mean, you lost, you basically lost your whole, you had two scholarship cornerbacks for the bowl game. They had to go address that. And I'll tell you, there were a couple of guys today who saw a ton of action. One of them is Colby Richardson. I don't know if Brian Kelly mentions him in this cut. He actually mentioned, he said his name a couple times in the press conference. But called him the wrong name. <laughs> called him the wrong name a couple of times in the press conference. Uh, Colby Richardson is a is a transfer from McNeese. Uh, he wears twenty two, and he got a lot of run today. Here was Brian Kelly on the secondary. Really pleased, you know. I think it was one where I think we all didn't know what to expect, but you know whether it be younger players, older players, all of them have uh, really shown in camp. You know, Seven Banks is now. Um, you know, cleared for seven on seven, and, and you know, we see what his ability is. You know, we didn't have um, Jarek Bernard Converse in the spring. Now he's out there. Makai, you know, so uh, an area where we were concerned has now begun to look like one of, of great depth. Major Burns being back brings a guy with um, a lot of smarts and, and savvy. You know, so I just feel right now that the concerns that we had there um, are starting to be alleviated by the production in the play. When when you have a guy, that's a great way to put it. Uh, when you had concern, you added bodies, and you could talk about, well, you've addressed it because you've added bodies. That's very different than seeing it on the field. And look, a lot of plays that we saw, especially there was a time at practice where they were running a... Um, a receiver DB drill. They did go seven on seven later. And during seven on seven is when Brennan threw the beautiful touchdown pass, but they were running just quarterbacks, you know, receiver routes against DBs down around the goal line. They set up around the, you know, the five inside the 10 yard line. And they were running a variety of routes. If you go look at my social media, I got a touchdown, uh, a vi- real good video of a, uh, a touchdown that, that uh, Jaden Daniels threw to Cole Taylor over major burns, a beautiful play. Uh, where where Taylor went up, high pointed a ball, came down, got his feet in, um, you know, held the ball through the ground. It was a really nice play. Uh, but you saw a variety of plays as well. There was a crossing pattern where 
I thought um, Jay Ward did a beautiful job getting underneath of Nick Stores and batting down the ball. It was a crossing pattern in the middle of the end zone. You saw those DBs win a fair amount of battles as well. Makai Garner uh, won a won a one on one with um, with Kayshawn Butte. You don't worry about Kayshawn Butte. You know he's going to be spectacular. You want to see these guys, as Brian Kelly said, perform. You want to see them go out there and get their share of wins because then it's not just guessing or thinking it's addressed because you've had added bodies and guys who have played at different levels of football. They're actually going out there and showing you they're they're winning some of these one on ones. And so there was a, a really good bit of that. Um, there's there's so much more that I want to get into. Uh, one more though, and um, actually, let me just very quickly go through uh, just to kind of put a button on the uh, on the the practice report itself. We'll get to more of what Brian Kelly had to say a bit later, but um, we did get to see special teams. Um, your punt returners look like right now: uh, Sage Ryan, uh, Seven Banks. Malik Neighbors and um, uh, Javen Nicholas are the four that are taking reps right now, returning punts. Seems like Jay Bramblett has the lead for the starting uh, punting job. And as far as place kicking, Brian Kelly said there is no separation whatsoever there as of right now. We did get to see our first look at, at Debert and Mata and those guys with the place kickers on the far field. But quite honestly, most of our time, I think, was spent watching the, the quarterbacks, the offensive line, the secondary, the linebackers, the, the places where there are, are position battles that you know is going to draw them the most interest. But it was interesting to watch these guys uh, catch punts and the way they did the drill. Like they started with their back to the punter, and then the coach would tell them, "All right, you know, turn," and they had to find the ball in the air and then haul it in. And then Brian Kelly started throwing like a second ball at him as well. So. They're they're working with those guys, but it looks like your punt returner is going to be one of those guys. Either uh, Sage Ryan, um, Seven Banks, um, Malik Neighbors, or Javen Nicholas, who's the who's a freshman from um, uh, Nicholas is a freshman from uh, from Saint Aug in New Orleans. Where's number thirty three? Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As we mentioned, LSU got its quarterback commit for the class of 2023. It is Ricky Collins from Woodlawn in Baton Rouge. His high school coach is former Tiger quarterback Marcus Randall. The guy's been a friend of the show for a long time. He's good enough to jump aboard with us here for a couple of minutes. Uh, Marcus, we appreciate the time, man. How are you? Doing well. Doing well, man. Can't complain. Uh, just coming off the practice field, man. Man, we appreciate you for squeezing it in. Um, hey, when did you uh, when did you learn that Ricky was picking LSU? Um, pretty much, uh, you know, a day or two before he made the announcement. What was your uh, What was your reaction when you learned it was LSU? Uh, man, um, you know, obviously being a uh, you know alumni from there, playing there, you know, it was also I mean, it, it hit close to home. Man, um, I, I didn't put any pressure on him to choose LSU. You know, he was um, already committed to Purdue pretty much since last year, and going through his process, which you know. Yeah, which was a great process for him and for his family. But, you know, being able to 
you know, turn the tides when Brian Kelly got in and Coach Joe Sloan did a great job of recruiting him, you know, letting him know how important he was to that 2023 class of stealing the deal for him. And, and it just all worked out. And, you know, obviously I was, you know, glad that it worked out that way. Yeah. You know, Marcus, you also have that sort of perspective being a guy who played high school football in Baton Rouge at a Baton Rouge school and then you played for, for the hometown team. Can you elaborate on on what it means to be a guy from Baton Rouge having the opportunity to be the co- the quarterback at LSU? Well, it, it, um, it's like no other feeling. It, it, you're playing for the uh, state, for your state school. Um, actually, like you saying, being from Baton Rouge and LSU being here in Baton Rouge, having a chance to have all my family and friends be have a chance to you know come out see me play, um, not just on TV but in person. I mean, um, there, there was no other better feeling to uh, to be able to do that and you know be able to play at the quarterback position. Uh, he is Marcus Randall, Woodlawn High head coach, former Tiger quarterback, of course. Uh, he is the head coach at Woodlawn where Ricky Collins plays. Let's talk about Ricky the player a little bit as well. Um, if I asked you to describe Ricky Collins the quarterback, what would you say? Um, he's a guy that checks all the boxes. He um, makes our offense go. Um, but, you know, being that he's, he's been starting since the ninth grade, are we able to put you know a lot more on him? Uh, his, his experience is uh, like no other. I don't, you know, you know, being able to start five a again as a freshman and being able to play as many snaps and as many games as he's had a chance to play. Um, he's like a general on the field, or like another coach out there. I'm I'm glad you said it, Marcus. I, I, it's a painful memory for for me to bring up, but I mean, I went to Catholic. The only loss Catholic had a state championship season a year ago was was to you guys. And, <laughs> I mean, and, and three times Catholic took a lead, and three times Ricky Collins led Woodlawn back to to tie and ultimately to to win it. Is can do you have a comp? Like what what is? How do you measure the intangibles? Because watching him play, it is obvious that he has it. You know what I mean? Like whatever that it thing people talk about, like he's got it. Right. Um. And again, I think that comes uh, along with the with the amount of games he's playing and. Uh, and now he's able to, you know, even when things uh, 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 around him look like they're going and, you know, they may sure get rattled, he's able to stay cool, calm, cool, keep everybody else calm and cool. Like you said, you know, playing in Cali Kyle's game, that was a big game for us, uh, uh, not only for him, but for our program. So, I mean, being able to go in there and battle him, uh, maybe we had a big game with him during, during his sophomore year where we ended up losing by seven and being able to come back and, and having that same type of battle and being being able to edge this one out, hold the drive, and uh, and the and the and the drive he was able to do in that last in that last quarter, which we was able to take eight minutes off, was was basically be able to manage the team and and take us down to do those kind of things. Hey man, I didn't ask you to relive the whole game. I didn't relive all that. You brought it up. You brought it up. You brought it up. You my mind. Marcus Randall's <laughs> our guest. Hey, what is what is if I said okay? What does Ricky Collins still need to work on, either before he gets LSU and when he gets LSU? What would you say? Um, right now, at this point, I would like for him to be able to, you know, use this uh, whole year right now to be able to just be able to manipulate the game, be able to move guys, use his eyes, and um, already seeing the reads happen. Which he, I mean, he's been doing that, but I just want to be able to, you know, get the timing down and just be able to, like I say, I'm mean, pick the defense apart pretty much every time and maybe and be able to see those reads and those. Uh, and, and and those coverages, you know, over and over and over, and just become consistent at doing. It. You know, for a guy that's as you mentioned, started since he was a freshman, he's gonna gonna show up on campus, Marcus, and there's gonna be a log jam. There's gonna be a lot of talented guys ahead of him. Is he? Is he? How do you think he'll he'll handle not playing as a freshman if he, if he has to wait his turn? 
Um, I think he's going to handle it well. I mean, he's a guy that um, that that knows, you know, the uh, things he needs to do. And I think whether he's on the field playing or you know playing actually in games, I think he's still going to be that guy that's going to, that's going to be that leader that's going to come out and work hard in practice, going to keep learning, keep keep trying to get get, get um, better. And, and that's what you're going to get. I mean, whether he's the starter or not. Marcus, can you get bigger? Do you think? Uh, by the way, I've seen him listed anywhere from six two to six four. Do you know how big Ricky actually is? Uh, he's 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 pushing right at the six three mark. Okay, so if he's yep. right about six three. Does he have the frame? Looks like he's got the frame to put on more weight as well. Like I'll, I'll ask you as a quarterback, what would be a good like a good weight, a good size where you feel like you're still quick and agile and you can do everything, but not too big? I think around two two oh five, two ten up in there. Um, He's uh, sitting around about one ninety five right now, um, okay. so he definitely have a you know some room to grow. Mm-hmm. And he's still young. I mean, a lot of people don't know. I mean, he just made seventeen, so he's a he's a young guy. Wow. Um, so he's going to definitely put on some more. We'll um, put on some more pounds, and he's going to get a little bit more, but uh, uh, truer as he keep growing. Um, I mean, I think this, the ceiling is obviously very very high still for him. How the Panthers going to be this year, man? Man, we're gonna be good. We, I mean, we're gonna be good. I Man, we got a senior lady team. Um, I'm excited to see these guys go out and compete. I mean, you know, I'm talking about guys that um came here when I first got here. You know, in the senior class, and that's been having to battle even through that first year of us trying to you know turn the tides, and then going into year two and three and being able to win district in year three. And these guys have been playing since you know 19 grade. So I'm 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 very eager to see these guys go out and um and and see the growth they've made over this past year. October twenty first against the Bears. I got it circled. Hey. You got it circled. I know it's one game at a time. It's one game at a time. Man, you have, you have to take it one game at a time. Yeah, but we got a few games. I had my man Todd McClure. As soon as they announced the ESPN guy, he started texting and sending messages to me about about Zachary. I'm like, whoa, hold on, yeah, but man, um, you know, Marcus, but, but yeah. it is amazing though, man. The the talent in in the city of Baton Rouge right now at the it's high crazy. school level. Yeah, it's crazy right now. I never, I don't even think I ever seen it this loaded in Baton Rouge. I'm just, I'm not even just Louisiana, but in Baton Rouge, um, it's Power Five guys all over, um, and a lot of them in our district. Yeah. So, yeah, you're talking about um, guys that, that we're going to see play for a long time, and eventually, a lot of these guys going to be playing on Sundays. He is Marcus Randall, uh, giving us a little insight there to uh, Ricky Collins, who picked the Tigers uh, on Wednesday night. Man, it's always great to chat. Uh, best of luck to you and the team this year, and we appreciate a couple of minutes as always, man. All right, man. I appreciate you for having me. Okay, that'll do it for us here on a Friday edition of LSU Daily. You know the drill. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the podcast. Rate us, leave a review. However you get your podcast, we do appreciate it. And tell a friend if they love the Tigers, we got you covered in about 30 minutes or so every single weekday right here on LSU Daily from Drop Biscuit Studios. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.